Welcome to Aquarium Dilemmas. I'm your host, Science Gal Aquatics. I'm Carrie, and this is my co-host. Jesse, and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another wonderful dilemma. Yes. Traveling with fish. Yes. Or you're thinking about purchasing fish while you're on a travel and you're kind of undecided. Yeah, we've recently gone to a few fish shows here and there, and we've... Bought fish more recently. The first couple of times we were kind of wary and we didn't buy anything, but now it's it's game on. We buy all kinds of goodies, and it's just kind of what we do to the best we can safely get them to the fish room. Different. Sometimes it's a short trip, and sometimes it's a it's a long weekend. And what you need to do to get them, or what we do to get them back to the fish room. There's a couple different ways to do it. There's not a wrong way to do it, but just kind of what we do. Yeah, I think the main thing for us on our trips is when we know we're going to purchase fish, we wait as Mm -hmm. long as we can before we purchase the fish or we purchase them and have them hold the fish. Yeah, we usually do kind of wait because I'm I'm still a little wary of buying them the first day if we're going to be there for multiple days. But kind of, I guess, backing up, kind of starting things off, what in the world do we bring with us in preps for what we may or may not buy? (laughs) Well, when we fly, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, well, before we go, uh, we... We have a couple different things that we grab. We grab, we have a styrofoam cooler, a large one and a smaller one. And if there's ever a good styrofoam box laying around, yeah, I usually will snag you, it because you never know. A medical, like a medical styrofoam type box mm-hmm. is the best because they're super thick walls. Yeah. They got a super thick top on them. Sometimes you can't put the smaller ones. You can't. Like, stuff it full, but that's why you bring multiple different things with you. Because sometimes we'll have a game plan of what we want to look at and purchase, and sometimes we'll just see something that we just can't live without. So it's it's kind of what we think we may need. And as we travel more and more, we get better at it. But that's usually the first go-to thing I grab is my sp- my styrofoam cooler. And then I have... It's kind of like an oversized tote bag with a carrying handle, but it has insulation in it and kind of rolls down. And It's, it's like a, a cooler bag. Yeah, a cooler if, bag. If you have a cooler bag that you take to the grocery store mm-hmm. and you put all your cold stuff in it, that, would, it, that, it works. that is exactly yeah. what this is. We picked this one up at our club auction and swap, and that's... It works great for... Because that's a couple hours away, our swap meets that we go to that's with our club and they started carrying those i think a few years ago maybe and we snagged one up i think it was like 20 bucks and it's a really great it's a really great thing to grab any type of cooler bag it's a really great thing and then i have it's an air stone that's operated by a battery that we picked up at i think it was bass pro shop on like a bubble bucket yep that we use for the creek and stuff, carrying goodies home from the creek. That's another thing that we travel with. And sometimes that's a little bit difficult, even though it's a shorter distance. But those wild-caught fish are... Some of them need a lot of oxygen. So those 
battery-operated airstone pumps, USB. I think there's a USB one available. They work great for getting oxygen into a bucket quickly because it seems like the larger fish definitely need more oxygen. We had a largemouth bass, and we tried to keep a largemouth bass. And the first time we brought it home, the first one, because there's a fishing pond on Jesse's parents' property that we like to catch stuff at, and we needed more oxygen on that trip. And the second one, it was it worked out really good. So sometimes those larger fish, and sometimes smaller ones too, depending on how many you have in the bucket, they or like if you're moving houses or something and you're traveling fish that way, those battery-operated USB bubble air stones are great. Great. <laughs> I highly recommend you get it's one. It's just an air pump <laughs> yeah, with an airline, and you can plug any air stone yeah. you want on the end of it, but just a little bitty one yeah. on the end they just to keep really oxygen great. in mm-hmm. the water. And, of course, I always bring a fishnet just in case, especially when we traveled to the Aquashella. Sometimes we'll help break down tanks that they have set up at the end of the show, and sometimes it's just really helpful to bring some kind of smaller fishnet or a shrimp net that's that's really nice to bring. But that's, for the most part, I think all... Is there anything else that you can think of off the top of your head that we bring? No, I think the main thing to bring is probably a foldable cooler bag. If you mm-hmm. think you're going to be buying any yeah. sort of livestock or... When we or, started bringing that, or, it was or a, plants it was or anything <laughs> that they're going to put in water. Uh-huh. If you bring a foldable foldable cooler bag, uh-huh. it's insulated, and heaven forbid if anything leaks, those mm-hmm. don't leak. Yeah, everywhere. I, I don't know what. I guess it was just us finding it at the auction, but I don't remember ever really bringing anything like that. But once we got that bag at the auction. It really helps for even short trips, long trips, going to Aquashellas, like fly. Like it, I highly recommend you getting some kind of insulated bag. And if you can't get one, a cooler, some kind of just something to help regulate the temperature mainly on your travels. Well, I didn't even know why I didn't think of it a long time ago. I mean, we bought, obviously, we bought the bags from our local club, but. Mm-hmm. I have two of them. Yeah, we have one I that have we use for food, but shoulder, we never with, with shoulder straps. <laughs> we never. They got shoulder about straps that, yeah. that I use for groceries <laughs> and everything else. Going uh-huh. to the store, I yeah. have two of them that were big old tote bags. Yeah, we have one, and they work great. But they, I don't, I don't remember us even giving it any type of thought before we saw that at that auction. So I highly, again, I repeat myself, but I highly recommend you bring in one of those. And I guess we've gone to the swap meets and the auctions that's a couple hours away. We've flown to the Aquashellas. We've drove to an Aquashella. And they're at least six, seven hours away when we drive. So that's quite a big road trip. And then we recently brought back some fish on a nine-hour road trip to Aquaticon. So we haven't done it many 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 times but i feel like we're getting better at it and that handful of times we've traveled on road trips bringing stuff back we've done it enough Mm -hmm. that we can comfortably figure out the time frame Uh to keep the fish alive and happy so i guess a cooler bag of some sort and it's something to keep them warm 
the best you can. And then... Or cold. Or cold, yeah. That's true. And then, again, kind of wait. If there's something that you see that... There's some things you just know are going to get snatched up quick. And if that's what you want, go ahead. And if you are in your hotel room and you're there, let's say it's the first day and you have to have this bag of your favorite fish, just put it in, I would say, like the warmest, the most whatever out of the way spot that's not right next to the air conditioner or the heater kind of in a dark area That's in a corner. That's what the cooler bag's yeah. for. And then before, I think there was one trip, I remember being in a hotel ba- a hotel room and I just had a box. I wasn't, and I had a towel. So I just put the towel over the box just to kind of keep them dark. Yeah. Try not to get them spooked. You don't want them to be super stressed out because the more stressed they are, the more they're going to breathe, the, ma- the more CO2s that's going to be released in the bag. So you just want to try to keep them. And traveling with fish and getting netted is probably the most stressful. It's a stressful time for them being in a bag or shipping. You know, It's just a stressful time. So you just want to try to keep it as stress-free as you can in a stressful situation for them. So just... Try to put them out of the way in a kind of not high traffic area in your hotel room. Put a towel over it. Put them in your your insulated bag. Close it. Keep them kind of dark. You just don't want to spook them a lot. Just kind of keep them out of the way. If you're going to buy something the first day and they're going to be in your hotel room a while. Yeah. If you're going to be there three, three mm-hmm. or four days... And you buy something on the first day, mm-hmm. I recommend by, which you will anyway, but by the third day, mm-hmm. you better be checking those bags mm-hmm. and possibly be thinking about rebagging. Well, it, and it always, it just, and it, depe- it and depends, it depends on the fish. Cause if you it depends say, on the, it depends on the fish and it also mm-hmm. depends on even where you got it. Did you get it at the show or did you get it from an, a store, an aquarium store. Yeah. Because a lot of the stores, when you at, you tell them, hey, I got to go a long way away, mm-hmm. they'll bag them in a bigger bag. Yeah. They'll put force oxygen into the bag yeah. Yeah. just to help you. They don't want you to yeah. lose the livestock either. So, and all you have to do is communicate with them. And I've never met anybody in a fish store when I've away from home that was like i don't know they're always willing to help out the process the best they can because they want they want to set you up for success yes and they'll and that's the main thing don't Mm -hmm. be shy when you're it Mm -hmm. telling whoever the person you're getting the fish from say i gotta drive x Mm -hmm. amount of miles it's gonna take me this long Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be here for a couple more days yeah and and they might give you Extra bag, extra mm-hmm. water. And it really is dependent. Because if I'm buying a smaller fish that isn't overly packed, there's only, let's say, let's use guppies because I love guppies so much. If I only have one or two guppies in a fish bag and they're in there for three or four days, they would probably more than likely be fine. But if yeah. I had ten guppies in that same fish bag, for instance, they're just competing for the same oxygen. And there's going to, the longer they're in the bag, the more CO2 is going to be in the bag. And once the, if you keep the bag closed, you're fine. You're, you're fine because the ammonia, even though, yes, it is toxic, it's 
kind of kept at bay. It's just a little less toxic. They're okay. But once you open that fish bag and you put oxygen into that fish bag, that ammonia, that pH is going to change and you're going to have a rise in ammonia. That, that ammonia is going to spike and it's just going to be a little bit more harmful. So if they're not showing signs of duress and they're not gasping, their fins aren't clamped and they've been in there for a while, they're almost better off just left alone. But let's say you have something that's larger and it takes up more oxygen and it can't really be in that fish bag for a couple of days or it's something that's a little on the spiky side and it's sprung a lick and you have to do a water oh, change. Oh, yeah, some of those catfish mm-hmm. and those if armored catfish can, and things. If you can... If the show's still going on, I recommend seeing if someone's willing to give you some fresh water from the show. But if you can't, see if you can go to a grocery store or a gas station or somewhere and get some just some water. I wouldn't recommend distilled water, but I wouldn't necessarily use water from the sink. But if that's all you have, that's all you have. But sometimes keeping them in the bag even though they've been in there for a couple of days or a while, if they're not showing signs of, like, clamped fins and gasping, just keep them in the bag. Just try to keep the stress low and then give them, as soon as you get home, dump the old water out, dump it through a net, give them some fresh water, and let them go into their tank. But if they're showing signs and you well, you have to meant, get that's what I them out that. of that bag, then... In my head, go to the show. If it's still going on, see if you can get some water from the show. If that's not available and you're close to a gas station or somewhere that has some drinking water in a bottled water or a gallon, get that. But if you can't get that and all you have is the water in the hotel room, then use that. But just keep a close eye on them if you have to do it. But in my experience so far, knock on wood... And I've kept them, we've kept them in a fish bag for probably three or four days. Oh, yeah. And everything's been okay. They've just been better off. Recently, we went on this last trip and we bought them on that last day, the last full day. And we were leaving the next morning and it was warmer outside in the car than it was inside in the hotel room. So we just kept them in the cooler bag the insulated bag and just left them in the back seat of the car. It was quiet. No one, <laughs> they weren't getting messed with. They weren't getting jostled around. And that was just the best place for them. So kind of, I mean, keep an eye on them, but sometimes just keeping them as best as you can stress free, put a towel over them, keep them, cl- the bag closed, just keep them in a darker environment and just check on them. But like you said, sometimes you have to do a water change. That, if the and that's bag, what I meant by yeah, that. I meant if, if bag, you look in that bag on the third day. And they're and, like all at the sur- surface gasping and their fins are clamped. That's usually what I look for. When it comes to ammonia, like the ammonia is getting a little bit too much, I look for clamped fins. And what I mean by clamped fins is their fins are like clamped to their body. Their tails usually look a little bit skinnier because it's clamped Together, they're stressed. They can get ammonia burn. It can. It's just toxic, and that's the point of you want to get that out. But if the bag is closed, yes, and 
that CO2 affects the pH. It keeps it down. It keeps it the water a little bit more on the acidic side. And yes, it's harmful, but it's not as harmful. But once you open that bag and that oxygen rushes in, that CO2, yeah, that CO2 reacts to that oxygen and that ammonia becomes even more toxic. And you have to get, you have, no matter what, you have to get that, those fish, shrimp, whatever you have out of that water. So just do the best you can. Sometimes you just have to do a water change and just try to go to the show. If that doesn't work, try to go to the grocery, get some, gallons well i just don't necessarily recommend distilled water because there's it's there's no minerals in that and if it's kind of half and half you can use it but to me i don't like to do a complete 100 percent water change with distilled water i like to have purified drinking water or something like that to have still it's a neutral water but it has minerals in it yep no i know from a lot of the guys I mm-hmm. like to talk to in the hobby that I've met from mm-hmm. you, uh, shrimp. The shrimp uh-huh. is the big one. If you start noticing, if you're into shrimp mm-hmm. and you got a big bag of shrimp and you start noticing you got one dead one, it's gonna. Yeah. It, it progressively starts to speed up. Yeah, it kind of trickles. And so far, like I said, we've been lucky, but I haven't had... Let me think back. I don't think we've had a fish bag with more than like 10 shrimp in it when we've traveled. So it's been a relatively low number. They weren't like a bag full of 100 shrimp. Yeah. But we've had several bags of that when we've traveled. And that first when I was nervous because we flew and we got a handful of Neocaridina shrimp and half the people told me to check it. Like in my carry-on, and half the people told me to put it in my check bag. And I was nervous. I didn't really know what to do, honestly. And they were in breather bags. And so I know, I think it you're supposed to bring them, like go up to the ticket and be like, hey, I'm flying with them. They either put it in some kind of machine that scans it or they'll open it and test the water. I'm not really sure because I've never done that. It's just from hearing people. But I decided to put them in my check bag and wrap them all up in my dirty clothes and I just flew with them. And you want to be careful doing that because the bags will expand and can pop. But everything worked out. I got home. It was like an hour and a half flight. We got them home, opened the bag, took a deep breath and everything. I didn't lose anything. But... If you're flying a particular airline and they have rules, probably... <laughs> yeah, you might want to look into the whatever. rules a little yeah. bit better than we did. What we did. So, but I have never flown with a fish or... I know I have tons of friends that say it's a really easy process. You just go in and tell them. But I've had other friends that they just put them in their check bag. So it's really just, it's up to you. If it's probably larger than a shrimp, I wouldn't recommend putting it in a suitcase. (laughs) I just wouldn't do that method. But they were all in breather bags and they were, it was... I don't know the size of my hand. I I know you can't see that, but they were small little breather bags and they didn't have very many in them. So we've traveled, I guess the whole point of that, we've traveled a few various different ways with different... With livestock. Yeah, with livestock, with fish and shrimp. 
and it is a different process bringing them back from a show versus moving a fish tank to a new house. And maybe that will be our part two. I do things a little bit different when it comes to moving fish tanks, but it's not, I mean, if you want to talk, do you, you can talk about it. We can, but it's a little bit different of a process, but still, if you have to put your fish into a fish bag, yeah, just check on them. But if you don't have to open it and do a water change, just leave them alone. I don't recommend opening. Yeah, I don't I recommend, recommend you checking it. on it. <laughs> just check on it. Check and see. on it because if you're on a very extended stay, I know that we have through the several times we've done it, we've only mm-hmm. rebagged one bag. Mm-hmm. One time. And there's a talent to bagging fish. I can't tell you enough that I do not have that talent. It is very difficult. So that's probably why if you don't have to do it, don't do it. And if you are, let's say you have to rebag your fish in an emergency, I wouldn't necessarily either recommend blowing into the fish bag to air it up either because you're not, your breath isn't all oxygen. You're going to be breathing some CO2. So when they gather up that bag and they wrap it up, I don't necessarily recommend blowing into it to fill it up. No, you grab it from the very top, top and there's and it's you, so... you grab it from the top and snap it together so uh-huh. you capture as much atmosphere that's already in the bag, uh-huh. and then you give it the spin. Yeah, and there's that's a talent. It's just a talent that I just I like to open fish bags up with new fish. <laughs> You know, that's what I, that's my talent, opening them up, bringing them into my fish room, not bagging them. But if you have to, if you have, it's almost like for me, if I have to rebag a fish on the road, bring a bucket and just do a water change and then put them in a bucket and just don't fill the bucket up with water very much. So it when it sloshes, it doesn't overflow because I'm very challenged with putting fish and changing a fish bag. If I have to put fish from one bag into another bag, I'm. it's just not going to be a pleasant process. So I guess that's one thing we do bring that we didn't talk about is some kind of small little bucket or something that you can put them in. But I guess that's the one thing we forgot about is some kind of small little, little bucket. We don't bring a five-gallon bucket by any means, but just something small because bagging fish is hard. <laughs> But like I said, we've only had to do it one time and my our friends took care of it. We were like, this is, we need your help. <laughs> the The main thing is, if you're impulse buying, try to be prepared by at mm-hmm. least knowing yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what kind of fish you like. If you like monster fish, then yeah, you're probably going to want to want to bring maybe a bigger bucket maybe bring go ahead and bring a portable yeah air stone in, in my head monster fish it's it's why they just need more oxygen they're bigger fish they have more of an oxygen intake and there's a limited number of oxygen in the bag it's just a limited amount of oxygen in the bag for them so if you have to open the bag use a bucket like you said yeah well bring, a, bring an air know, stone. know yourself what mm-hmm. i was getting at know yourself know the type of fish keeper you are Mm -hmm. if you're into the smaller stuff then yeah bring you just a couple collapsible fish bags yeah you're only going to be gone a couple days 
as long as it's some sort of little cooler bag that yep. that way it doesn't allow the fish to get too hot or too cold mm -hmm. depending on what you're getting yeah and what time of season it is yeah i mean you know you go to chicago in November, I'm telling you, it ain't going to be warm. <laughs> no. And it's challenging, too, because we've had trips where we've left here and it was icy. And when we landed, it was 90. So sometimes it's a crazy difference in temperature along your journey. And when that happens, we don't put them in the trunk of the car. We'll put them in the back seat of the car because we're comfortable at... 70 something degrees in the car so we'll put them in the in the back seat but if it's going to be a warmer day it's not a drastic difference and we have two crazy kiddos in the back seat then we'll put them in the trunk and sometimes like if i'm just going to the fish store too and it's not a very long journey and i'm just got a shopping bag i i don't want them to roll around a lot so i'll just have i'll put the whole shopping bag in just a bucket and just so they won't roll around a lot, I'll just grab it and put it in the floorboard of the trunk. And then when I go, even though it's just a short distance, I just don't want them tumbling all over the back seat of the car. <laughs> you stop and they fall off your seat and you're like, oh my gosh. So sometimes those little tricks help just keep them from not getting jostled around because you just want to try to keep the stress down. And this time period is going to be the most stressful. So Absolutely. You you can't take it completely out at all, but just try to make it as easy as possible. The The main thing there is getting them from point A to point B and knowing yourself and knowing mm -hmm. how long it's going to take. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on your fish bags if it's going to be a very extended stay. Yeah. And when you get back home... Keep an extra good eye, and hopefully you do better than we do, even though we have a lot of tanks already set up for that. get When you get home, get them temperature acclimating immediately. Check mm -hmm. them out. Now, unless you look in a bag and something's going real wrong, mm -hmm. then unfortunately, I would have to say they're not going to get temperature acclimated yeah, when I get fish, sh like, shipped to me or we're traveling and they've been in that bag for a while, even though they still, looking at them, are okay, the acclimation process, if any, is definitely sped up because we both just want them out of the fish bag as soon as possible because they have been in there. And, like I said, they might be looking... <laughs> okay they might be able to go another whole day but we're finally home they're finally in the fish room i'll settle them kind of off to the side while i got gather up my stuff to get ready if if it's a shorter trip i might let them float and temperature acclimate for like 15 20 minutes if we're if it's been like two or three hours of a road trip or something like that but if we're coming back and it's been two and days, it's been days. a while we might, well, I'm not going to say we might. We don't. We get them into the fish room. We cut open the fish bag. We drain them and we move them right into the fish tank because we just want them to be out of that ammonia as quickly as possible. And the ammonia spike once we open that bag is going to be more harmful than 
missing them temperature acclimating in my head. It, it is not going to be not only harmful, it is going to be toxic and lethal. Yeah. So they, every one of them will die. But it just kind of is up to you how far it's it to me if it's. If they've been in that bag in the mail or they've been in that bag overnight, that's kind of my, like, check mark of kind of speed things up. Just get them out of the bag as quickly as possible. But if I bought them from the fish store or we're just coming back from the swap meet and it's only been a couple of hours, then I do kind of take my time to do things more like I normally do. But if they've been in there overnight and I'm just... It's more me. I just want them out of that water i just want them in their new tank and well, i will watch them well but. i've seen you let them go for the 20 minutes or so mm -hmm. even though they've been in the bag for three days i'm talking mm -hmm. if you look in that bag and mm -hmm. you see the yeah. clamp fins yeah then just this is out. in distress here mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying you get you get home mm -hmm. you're from your trip you're tired you're getting all it's your stuff yeah, your stuff in but then you're like oh i need to I need to get these fish in the water, mm -hmm. get them temperature acclimated. So you yeah. go to put your bag in the water and you notice your fish clamp fins. They're, they're not looking mm -hmm. good at all. Yeah. Just get them you, out. Then it's nine one one go time. Mm -hmm. yeah, if just if get you want to save those fish, their only hope is to get them out of that mm -hmm. bag and get them into yeah, some just water. Get them, in, get them in a tank. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that we missed that you think? I do back not on some of our trips. Of <laughs> I'm looking back did. and thinking about all the stories. I'm looking across right uh -huh. now at a wonderful tank of fish that made it <laughs> three days in a bag. Yeah, and did just trip. fine. And they're swimming around wonderfully, mm -hmm. looking beautiful. Yeah, if you want to check out that trip, you can go to Science Gal Aquatics. I recently, on YouTube, I recently posted the video of our last trip to Aquaticon, and it was really fun. I highly recommend it. If they have it next year, check it out. But we went to one of the local fish stores in, in Knoxville and got some goodies, and it was a really nice fish store. We had a really good time, and they had a lot more fish than we had here, so it was fun, but it it was about a nine-hour drive home, and this time, like I said, we just kept them in the car overnight in that bag because it was warmer. It was just a warmer in the car than it was in the hotel room, so, but it really just depends on your, like always, it depends on your discretion, what you feel comfortable with, and the fish that you have in that bag and how many's in that bag and how long they've been in there, it's kind of up to you but the process of traveling it's it's not as stressful as i made it out in my head <laughs> it's it can be done there's a few differences when it comes to moving tanks and traveling with fish tanks i usually just drain the tank down we'll and, do that in yeah, another episode and put them in just a bucket it just it's a little bit different but more of going on fish trips and coming back from things it's just make sure you have give it a little forethought of what you think you might have in your fish room or your house that will just be able to kind of keep them warm or cold if need be and just maybe grab a towel to cover them up just to kind of keep the stress down and yeah and just if, keep you, an if eye you know you're going to buy fish mm -hmm. Try to think about how many quarantine tanks you have or mm -hmm. how many open available tanks you have. Yeah. Don't mm -hmm. go impulse crazy. I know a uh -huh. wonderful woman that does that every once in a while. Yeah. Impulse buying fish is 
difficult night to do. <laughs> now, I'm I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. I am saying I just know somebody that does it more than I do. Yeah. Is where I'm at. And for the fish we did purchase, I would like to give a big shout out to Aquatic Marine, Kenny. They did a great job. That was an yeah. awesome store. If you're ever in Tennessee, you should check it out. Yeah, it was a fun trip. But hopefully you picked out some tips with traveling for fish. Or if you are a little bit wary about the process, don't worry. It's not as stressful as <laughs> I made it out. You will maybe have a hiccup here and there, but just it's okay. It can be done, and it's you'll have fun with your new fish. It's worth it. So thank you so much for listening. and Thank you for thank tuning you. in. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.